International. What's up, macular degenerates? See, I have to keep <laughs> calling them that because uh, Katie, my wife, <laughs> Katie, I'm recording this right before we get married. So, uh, Katie is uh, very proud of her macular degenerates, and so she'll. I like blind items. I do like blind. Uh, honey, I'm sorry. I th- we're gonna. We might go with blind items. Yeah, you know what? We could use that in the because that's not really a catchy thing, but it is a good thing. It's, it's you know it's descriptive and interesting right. but it's not really like you know what we're not good at catchy are we we're gonna keep yeah. working on all of this um we could call them big Macs, so and it could that. be like a thing where you'd have to know you'd have to be like a deep early adopter to even know why you would be possibly called a big mac that's true i don't want to incur the wrath of uh oh mcdonald's yeah, could get upset yeah <sighs> and we wouldn't be loving it <laughs> well okay, is there something we can do with degenerates well we could just call them degenerates yeah, that's I just guess. degenerate. Yeah. Hey, you degenerates. We I sound, don't love we any sound of a little bit like Mark Maron, though. I just, just don't know if we're ever going to settle on. Yeah. We just make it up each time. All right, well, let's just keep rolling. But anyway, yeah. we have a great episode. This one's with a big Italian sub of a man, uh, uh, Nick Savarino. You know what? I'm just remembering, didn't we record an intro already for him? No. No, we recorded. Oh, we did. So this one doesn't count. That's right. We did. But do we want to just do this intro and then our intro? Yeah, we'll do this. we'll do this intro okay. and then so this cue is the intro, intro to a couple more intros. You know what? I'm I think you're gonna love all of our intros. Yeah, uh, we're releasing a CD of just, just our intros. Just intros. Well, just to set up a little bit, you know, we did talk about his his origins and why he moved to Austin, and uh, we talked mm-hmm. about uh, the development of his famous stage presence or infamous stage That's presence right. and uh, on. and his work ethic. Oh, and also. Uh, what fortuitous timing because Nick made it to the finals of FPIA yeah but that'll be Yay. over by the time so by the time you're listening <laughs> but to that's this what when, but just as a time capsule this was the moment when technically true he, he did just make it yeah. and yesterday when good we're, for him. as we're recording it and congratulations yeah. good for him it was so, a total robbery when you're listening to this you'll know whether or not he won any money yeah that's right um yeah. Update. So enjoy. Enjoy. Intro. Yeah. So uh, intro for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Can can I recommend a really funny idea? So I do an intro for myself, and then you guys do an intro where Ariel or you goes, "Hey guys, uh, uh, you're li- you know, this is leading the blind. Um, just a quick note: Nick does an intro for his self before the intro. Just an intro for the intro. <laughs> yeah, we'll so our, we're gonna do an intro. we're gonna do an intro for your intro. Essentially. Do an intro yeah, for yeah. my yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah. So you got that. So so we're gonna. I mean, it's pretty simple. We're gonna do an intro. Okay, but giving a warning that Nick insisted on doing oh. intro. <laughs> for his own age. yeah yeah alright you want to start Jared yeah do I need to clap or anything no, like that uh, yeah so this episode of, um, you want to start with yeah so uh, so yeah, uh, on this episode, uh, this is Nick Savarino. He was good enough to come in, um, and it was a bit weird. It, it turned out really well, but Nick insisted on doing his own intro. So I guess this is more the intro for Nick's intro. Yeah, welcome to leading the blind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, 
macular degenerates. That was a oh, that's not bad. That was a suggestion from a listener uh, oh, for so what we should call our people. That listener was my fiance, Katie. Yeah, and, nice. um, Robin Robin Reynolds suggested blind items. Oh, I which like I blind really items like too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, keep those suggestions coming. Uh, hit us up on our Facebook page, Leading the Blind Podcast, or Leading the Blind Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to be called something, we'll call you anything. Absolutely. But, Fudge Packers, uh, if you like. Yeah, that's taken oh, okay. by, by your people. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, welcome to, welcome to the intro for this podcast. Uh, enjoy, guys. And now go. Now you do your okay. own intro. <laughs> Yeah, so this is the beginning of the... What's going on, deaf heads? This is the beginning of the Leading the Blind podcast. Uh, Nick Savarino is going to be on tonight. Uh, he's uh, He talks about some fun things, like uh, starting in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, a crazy heroin addiction that he had to stop his fourth time uh, doing an open mic. So, uh, deaf heads, if you guys, go, if you guys like heroin, uh, you're in for a treat. Uh, if you haven't liked the show before, well, guess what? You're finally going to like it. Give it a give it a good listen, deaf heads. Nice. They, I can still hear you. I can sure. tell you this much: yeah. the microphone can hear you. I know. I, I just it. mean that Ethan wa- he has too much integrity in his production value <laughs> to let this uh, this faded version of me go through. <laughs> yeah, I would have we'll kept see. it all, but uh, turns out Ariel was in the other room. The mic picked her up, but I didn't. <laughs> Very faded conversation. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, I just don't, I don't know why it had to be difficult in the first place. That's what bugs me, because I agree with you. It'll probably be easier now. They'll know us or whatever and know that we're not fucking around. But I don't know just, why people are dicks yeah. when you first, but all yeah. you got to do is just be nice to them in your first interaction, even when they're weird to you, and then they'll be like, oh, okay, it's cool. Every, people tipped. Just got to do that thing cool. where I speak at a higher octave than I ever would think all about, day. Think about hey, that speakeasy, man. It's good to be here. I'm really glad. I, thank you so much for all living. Think about that speakeasy. Expensive drinks. Yeah, well, yeah. because they're always splitting the giving the door and then they're getting, you know, the bar and so they want to make a higher markup. I mean, I don't blame joint. those. I mean, yeah. I remember, yeah, when I went there, I was like, geez, $4 Lone Star. No, thank I mean, I mm-hmm. still bought, you know. Yeah. Sure. Granted, it's no Moon Tower Lone Star, so who yeah. am I What was talk? that up? I was at $8. Jesus. At certain places. You had to know the venue. I mean, drink it, drink, drink at the Velveeta at the, room. No, during, not the, not the Velveeta. Oh, at, you're talking at about that party place. place. Oh, you, oh. Yeah, I went and, there and I said, uh, I ended up buying two anyways, but I, I said, uh, listen, if it's an $8 Lone Star, I'm not paying $8 for a Lone Star unless there's a baseball game involved. Yeah. Because most, most, uh, most, most expensive beers are at baseball. I will spend, yeah. I will spend upwards of $15 for a beer at a baseball game. Just because a 20 ounce beer? Like it, how many, how many ounces do you need to get for, for $15? Like if I go to an Astros game, I think like Last year when I went, it was like twelve bucks for a twenty-four ounce beer, okay. like a twenty-four ounce can of beer, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, I'm at a baseball game. Yeah, I can, I'm gonna live it a little. Yeah, uh, I love. I want. That's the thing. About, Did you get free tickets? No, I paid for oh. the tickets. I don't mm-hmm. care about that. For okay. the listeners, uh, Nick likes baseball. I love yeah. it. Well, that's. I think. The yeah, thing, this conversation won't make sense if you don't understand that Nick actually likes baseball. Yeah. I just feel like the thing about baseball, the thing that they know they have going for them, all these stadiums, they know this they have going for them, is that all the old fans of base, like the older fans of baseball, still want to lit want to pass down the experience of going to a live game to younger people. So yeah. as things have gotten more expensive, there they still I, I assume they still make a profit, even though hot dogs are. 
10 times, you know, 10 times the price that they were way, way back when. But they still make a profit because I think there's so many because baseball's so much of like a pass down it's a game. Oh, yeah, that thing. They, yeah, that's you so gotta many have older a hot dog exactly. and a beer. That's and the other thing is like the games are are slow. If you have a if you have a little kid there, you gotta you gotta drink. You, you gotta drink and you gotta get them food. You gotta get them some I, food. The yeah. games are long. I I'll admit I know. it's not, and I know why it is. It's because of television, but they won't admit it. Yeah. Wait, what's because of television? So so a lot of baseball. They uh so every year just every the same conversation happens every year for baseball. The the uh, the commissioner brings it up all the time that like oh baseball's a slow game and we're trying to find ways to speed it up and they always change the rules of baseball and they're denying what actually makes it longer and it's actually television deals because the reason. The reason games are a little bit long, just slowly dragged out a little bit more, yeah. is the in-between innings. Because way back when, I've heard many older players say that you didn't really warm up between innings. You yeah. just, as soon as the third out was made, the other team went out. Maybe the pitcher threw two or three warm-up pitches, but then the other team just gets into the batter's box. But now there's warm-up pitches. The defense warms up. So what are they doing between innings now? It's commercial breaks. So all these teams have made television deals. Uh. All these teams have local market television deals that... Uh, uh, and so they and they that's where all their money's get I mean not all their money but a lot of their they get a lot of their money yeah. from television that's where they get a big chunk of change crooked from sons of bitches they get a big chunk of change from television and they're gonna deny the fa- and they deny the fact that like actually one of the things that slows down the game is television deals yeah and all these in between all these commercial breaks in between half innings uh, and all these warm up in between innings that's so they want to keep the television deals but in the meantime they're like uh one pitch just one everybody gets no, one they no they, I, they they changed this year they changed uh, an intentional walk it used to be so the pitcher would just a catcher would just show his hand and he'd get on the outside of play and the pitcher would throw four pitches i've definitely seen it yes yeah. and so now this year the um now this year the coach just says it just started this year the coach just goes to the umpire so waves walk. four yeah just intentionally oh, walk them, interesting and then uh they don't throw any pitches and the guy and that saves uh, I don't know 10 seconds well over the course of a year of the season of baseball of <laughs> every like team that minutes. does it that it's, like four, exactly. yeah. it's like four yeah. minutes it's they're it, trying yeah they're, they're just, I, I don't mind listen I'm all for speeding up the game but at least admit why it's slower yeah 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 that's, that's my big thing I get that. all these money people all these people who are getting all these owners they're not admitting that oh maybe the reason it's slower is because we get so much money from television that we're trying to fit as much advertising. Well, yeah, but it's NFL just changed something. I think where they're going to have more and more ad. They're going to put more and more ads playing throughout the game because, game, <laughs> like during the game, they'll have them on the side. I think I'm. I might slightly be butchering the story, but it was like, oh, they're going to have these uh, ads going throughout the game because uh, the. I guess there were enough complaints that NFL games were getting too long. Well, oh, so cutting well, how long is it supposed to be? Like, what? I don't understand that as a complaint. I thought well, people that I mean, liked it, they no, watched it. No, but they are too long. I mean, when you watch them the every week or more yeah. often, I mean, sometimes you, you start a game at 7 and you can't get to sleep by, until 11 because the game, and especially if it goes in overtime, but even if it doesn't, games are three but and a half plus those hours. Tells it, it, and a big part of it is commercials. Yeah, a big, because if television is going to be a big part of sports, which it is, commercials are going to be a big part. Exactly, because that's where I mean people are yeah. going to find ways to yeah, put I money think, into I it. I think all sports games should be like movies, where it's like an hour and a half to two hours tops. Tops. That's well, all anybody wants at a time. 
I, well, I like your movie idea. Everybody goes in. You know, when you go into the movie, they have that. Have you ever been to a Regal Theater? Or not mm-hmm. just a Regal Theater. You go into... Alamo's not a good example because they actually have just weird... They don't have ads. But you go into like a Regal yeah. Theater. They just have ads at the beginning. You go early. They have ads at the yeah. beginning of the movie. And yeah. then... Uh, why's it, it got to be, be live? You know, like to do it, record it, cut it down, edit it, do some punch up. That's the thing. But sports. Because sport, the great thing... <laughs> no, the great thing about watching sports is that it's live. Yeah. yeah. No. There's an... Uh, everything is ruined if uh, if it's not live. It's, you know what's really interesting about that as compared to fighting is that you can watch a boxing match... And it doesn't matter if you if you haven't seen it it's still really entertaining I'm gonna go fill water up well, do it. I am listening I am listening okay, oh, I, yeah. I don't think football's like that we're uh, just trying to sober Nick up right now <laughs> keep drinking wine <laughs> Uh, yeah, he came, he came in here shit faced. It's very uh, embarrassing. People who are really into people who are really into those sports will watch them the next day if they miss them or whatever. But I mean, I, I, I don't. I mean, I think it's kind of crazy. I might watch like the end yeah. of a basketball game. That no, I but so much of it's like the suspense of what happens. Right. Less about. I mean, there's some interesting. And stuff also, some people nowadays are like keeping up with who, people live tweeting stuff and like actual live things that you can't be involved in if you're not, you know. But that's not really a world that I'm in. All right. Well, now that we've gotten uh, educated about the <laughs> nature of today's advertising, welcome sports, to Nick Savarino. Welcome to Nick Savarino. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Nick. Can't go. Can't go two minutes without me talking. No, that was that, about you, baseball. You that was that was that. pretty perfect in terms of this is what it's like to talk to Nick because <laughs> when true. Nick when Nick meets you, he already has like twelve things he's got to talk about. Well, those are what's on. That's what's on my mind. Yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've got to speak my mind. My well, favorite. That's. Uh, I'm excited to have you here, just because I feel like you're a relatively opinionated, dude. That's my favorite quote about. And that's my favorite quote Andrew Disney has <laughs> ever said about me. What did he say? So it was. Um, okay, I know the idea, but it was. Uh, it was. It was a uh, Nick Savarino is a guy who can have an opinion about anything. Mm-hmm. It's true, <laughs> even if he doesn't know about it. I think was the, yeah. other, was the other stipulation. Isn't that why we all got into comedy? I think so. <laughs> so, how long have you been doing comedy? Too long to be this bad. We got it out. We got nice. it out. Nice. <laughs> so two years then. Two years. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like five years. That, right? that, that line is in the back. Yeah, pocket do you want us to guess? Always. Do you want us to yeah. guess? Yeah, go ahead and guess. Yeah, no, I you, think it's five. Might, yeah, I think it's about five. Yeah. I was gonna say I think we've yeah. actually had this it's conversation that, yeah. before. So it's about not five. Fair. And how old are you? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. So you started in college, or did you go to college? I did start in college. I started in Springfield, Missouri. Um, that was going to be my other question is where you started. So you did? Was there a college? Um, did you go to an open mic, or was it college related? I started. There was a uh, call. There's a comedy. There was a comedy competition at my college. Uh, the first, uh, and so I entered into the comedy competition, and uh, first place would get to open for the spring headliner that year. It was Donald Glover. Oh, nice! Looking great. Second place. Didn't, got nothing. Didn't get to do that. <laughs> got nothing. <laughs> I got second place in the competition. And, well, uh, you got that story. So I got. Well, I've always said uh, I'm glad I didn't get first place. Actually, because I would have opened for Donald Glover, I wouldn't have done well, and I probably would have. Uh, 
probably I might have stopped. Actually. It could have yeah. been traumatizing. It, it, yeah. It, yeah, it really might have been tra- because uh, the second was enough because I got second. So I was like, oh, sweet. It was like a good and a bad thing because like, I got second place. And I was like, the good thing about it was like, oh, I'm going to keep trying comedy. The bad thing was, oh, I'm going to keep trying comedy. Yeah. But <laughs> Did, do you know the, the person who got first place? Do you know yes. if they're still doing comedy? His na- he is. His name is Matt Barnes. He lives in St. Louis, Missouri. He's very funny. But he is still in Missouri. So there's he is still something. he is still in Missouri. He's in Sorry, he moved, Missouri yeah. he moved up though from like. he moved up from Springfield to St. Louis. Oh, though, okay. So there he's you go. A, there you go. he's a he's a half step above. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard good things about St. Louis. Uh, I'd like to go there. St. Louis, Louis is great. So you you started doing a com- uh, started doing a competition. How many people were in the competition? That competition roughly, had. Roughly. I want to say like Four. eight or nine people. It was weird. So it was weird. People auditioned. I'm, I'm okay. I've quote, doing dick fingers. I'm right doing now. dick fingers. <laughs> uh, people auditioned for the competition and they eliminated people from the audition. But it was ba- it was a pure like political like oh I just don't like this person eliminate them. <laughs> so you you did have to beat more than so you actually beat more than seven people. It was like it was like. 12 people auditioned and three didn't get to do the actual competition. I just wonder. It's like, what is the point of just insulting them? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just put them in. Maybe they had to have like the right I number, guess. I guess. But, but I always wonder like if the people that do Funniest Person in Austin for the first, like that's the first time doing comedy. If funniest they thought, Person in Austin contest is a competition here in Austin. I just want to start clarifying things. For, I know, but in case, you know, case our yeah, yeah. national listeners are tuning in for the first time. Yeah, yeah it's a Austin competition. It's kind of a big deal and you not a big deal. Slightly snarkily, which yeah. is what made it fun. Well, you know, you in have case to, our national listeners, I have to say it that again, way. We're not on television, case, and I wish they could have saw my face. Uh, when uh, I said no. it. You did really good face work on the podcast. Thanks I, for that, yeah, for sure. But I wonder how many of them thought it was going to be like that. And, Where and, there would be like not, it would be and, easy enough to rise and, to, and be, it would be small and yeah. like. Well, it used to be. But it, I mean, I more know. like that. But now I, it's like that. You go out there now, and it's like 250 people you sometimes, like, and yeah. uh, some of the people on it are literally professional yeah. comics. It's yeah. it's uh, it's well. I was talking to Timmy Dubs the other night, Timmy Williams, and we were. I won't. I won't say the guy's name, but it was. As oh, for, we were, the, for the national uh, listener, it's uh, Timothy Williams. Timothy Thanks. Williams. Okay. <laughs> we were we were watching, and the guy that went last one night, he, Tim, Tim goes like, "How do they know this person should be the last person?" Yeah. Like I was like, "You make a good point." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "They get it wrong sometimes. They though. do get it they wrong do. sometimes." Who they're familiar, like Andrew Wagner was the alternate. They didn't know was he uh, last? last time. Yeah, he went last, and he did great. And I I actually feel like he probably would have done a lot better if he was in the middle there. Uh, Claude Ramey uh, yeah. he, got, he went through He went last yeah, yeah sometimes They just don't know People's names Because they don't See them at the Open mic And then Yeah that's know. all it is. The, Yeah I also think Some people might Actually submit videos Yeah <laughs> Oh yeah uh, Why I don't know Now I, that you say that I wonder why I think Because I think I mean Well they, it does It does say that On the it says, say, it says they something say. about it. So I think if you don't know how it works, then you might. And that's that's interesting. I never thought about that. That's actually a way of just screening people for. Yeah. Oh, God. Like the psychology. Like, they're like, should, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because they, they won't know. Some they people, won't people know. submit headshots. And then, <laughs> and then they're like, okay, well, we know where to stick you. But that's that's great, funny. They won't Thanks know that for your bad. $25 for supporting. I, mean, exactly. I like is, you assume they're buying the t shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I mean, Nick is the first person. It's a good t shirt this year. Or one of the first people that pointed out like the likelihood that you will post your video on YouTube 
the likelihood that that video will not be that great, <laughs> not exclusively, but what is pretty high. That correlation is like that. It's, 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 it's <laughs> every year I watch them. I just sit back and I, every year the competition happens. I just sit back and I wait for somebody to uh, wait for someone who didn't do that well to post their video. I love <laughs> and all I always the videos. Watch, I, I was going to say, I please continue posting I lo- all I videos. I love it. It's, I've seen uh, some good videos this year, though, that people... I, you well, know, there, are, there are... I don't want to discourage anybody from posting. There's always good videos, but there are some people that post videos and you just go, you know, you didn't have to make this public. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like that people do it, though, because like leading up to competition this year, uh, my roommate Taylor and Dowdy and I, we just like watched like it like like it was uh, what do you call it? like um research footage or yeah. Something like that. yeah yeah you know i uh i yeah i watched a couple before my prelims night i was uh i was getting a little panic and i watched i watched some and uh i remember my palms was because i went to a couple nights before i wasn't on the first night and i went to a couple nights and my palms were sweating mm-hmm. and i was like this isn't good i'm uh, like if I'm still nervous about it. And so I watched a ton of it. I actually watched the video that kind of calmed me down or slightly inspiration. I watched Daniel. I watched a bunch of Daniel Webb's videos uh, just because I was very into just how like even I'm just I love Daniel Webb because I love how uh, uh, he's not in. I get. I was talking to someone where I was saying he's very in the moment. They're like, "Well, he's not really, like, really in the moment because he's not riffing." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, but he's still it's he's, still, right. present. So, he's yeah. still so present. Absolutely, he he has so much control yes. on stage, which I'm just I love that. I yeah. love uh, you know what I, I love, and it's very inspirational. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, honestly, it's a good little lesson if you're if you're nervous. Like, yeah, just just. I mean, just grab the microphone and, yeah. and just be, you know, be the person they're supposed to be. A pay, they're yes. supposed to pay attention to. We haven't talked about this yet, but I actually think he's a great example. It's a, like a the version of what you're talking about is that he starts so well. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is he, d- he immediately does exactly commands that. the Absolutely. stage. Absolutely, he is not. He doesn't. It's like he was in the green room. Like like fighting to get there, as opposed yeah. to people that go up. And I, I I'm not great at this, but they go yeah. up and can't. Like they, it's like, hey guys, I need a few moments to cope with Here this. We go. And me yeah, and no, he like he's that. excited to be there. He immediately makes yeah. this, the 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 uh, what do you call it the the setting what's the word for environment the yeah yeah what, what you know the um the space he yeah, makes yeah. the space yes. his by yeah. even just by moving a chair in a little bit like he just it's do, just I, do you have any uh on that note like uh rituals or anything that you make sure you do when you right before you go up or right as you, you up? get up um they kind of change a lot you know i get a you know uh i i'm this past just the way the competition started this year i uh i was i was building up a bunch of uh for no reason a bunch of animosity uh (laughs) towards the competition and i was i was making up reasons of why nobody believed in me and uh (laughs) and uh but then you know like what by the way just like oh nobody's gonna nobody books me <laughs> just ridiculous reasons like nobody books me nobody thinks i'm fun just yeah ridiculous i'll I get it. i'll show them you know and uh <laughs> sometimes that does motivate me a little yeah. bit well, that's, that's well good. I, that, I that part up, of it but i built that up months before the competition which was the right time to do it yeah because that was the time that gave that made me think like well if you're gonna if you're gonna build a bunch of anger for no apparent reason you know a bunch of flaw you know not even real like that you have no proof of this if you're gonna build that 
work on a set now and uh, yeah. and uh, but then the other thing and, is, and you used it to encourage yourself to do well in the competition yes. not just like I got pissed at my friends right and then like yeah and then when that day came and then when the competition day came I uh, I actually because I was afraid I was going to be really nervous and, and freak out the thing that I calmed myself down and it's helped me every once in a while when uh, anytime I want to do a good set actually since then I've started saying this uh but especially, especially helped with the competition for the that prelims night in particular because I was like, it's a waste of fifteen dollars if you don't have fun. And that's what I. Uh, that's <laughs> that's, what I told, that's what I told myself. Uh, I was walking well, around. Turn this like, whole thing into an Easter egg hunt. I was. <laughs> I was like, it's a waste of fifteen dollars if you don't have fun. It's, and yeah. uh, so. Uh, and I think I think the competition, by the way, if, even if you're not in Austin comedy, could just double for any like high pressure situation or anything like right. that. Any yeah. like this is something I want to do well at. It's really a, yeah, I, yeah. The, another example, you know, if some I, every once in a while. If I'm put on a show that I've really wanted to do, uh, uh, I've started thinking, uh, you know, it's a waste of them asking if you don't have fun. Just that similar. Yeah. 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 Why, are, why are we here anyway yeah. if we're not going to well, yeah. have fun? It's comedy. Uh, so let me just backtrack a little bit. You, you started in college. Did you con- did you start going to open mics at that point? I went. So, yeah, I did. the I did the competition. I got second. Some guy, they had little judges sheets and some guy. The guy who hosted it, Seamus Pennington. I'm sure mm-hmm. he's not doing it anymore. But he's a family man. I'll name drop him. Uh, <laughs> not the uh, first time somebody's mentioned Shane Seamus Pennington Pen- on this podcast. Yeah, oh well, then never mind. Uh, he he handed me. I remember the thing that actually the thing that actually got me thinking maybe I should keep trying this was he handed me because the judges have little score sheets. And he handed me the judge score sheets and uh, he said you should look at these uh, if you want to keep doing it, which you should. And that was the thing. Nice. And uh, it's like an objective. You got validated in a sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't have an idea of who was incredible or who wasn't. I yeah. just had an idea of somebody who had the balls to do it compared to you know me. Who until then I, I was yeah I. Uh, it was always an idea in my head. Uh, I, I actually wanted to do it when I was a kid. I always wanted to do it. Uh, I've shown this video before where. Uh, uh, there's local comics in Austin, Zach Brooks and Andrew Cooksey. They have a show called When We Were Young. And uh, the first time I did the show, I uh, I sent a video, or I gave them a video of me when I was 13 doing stand-up in my living room uh, to nobody. <laughs> and, uh, just straight to the camera. But I remember I would go, like, in the video... <laughs> This is, to me, the funniest thing about the video is <laughs> the beginning of the video is just a shot of my living room and my cat, my mom's cat that's now dead, is on the uh, is on the chair. And I come into the frame and I do it like, you've seen Comedy Central specials, right? Yeah. I do it like a, hey, everybody, how's it going? Like, <laughs> I'm shocked at the crowd that's not <laughs> <Nice>. there. <laughs> And then I did about 20 minutes, which was uh, 22 long. Wow. (laughs) How much did y'all watch it? How much did y'all watch at the show when we were young? Zach and Andrew. So I gave Zach and Andrew the video. I said, you guys do what you want with it. Yeah, unedited. They watched it and they're like, they were, they cut it down. God, how much did they cut down? They probably cut it down to six, and then Zach made like a video montage of all the physical comedy I nice. <laughs> did in the video, which was, uh, I did a lot of physical comedy in the video, but it was always an idea, and so then, so I did the show again, a second time, that When We Were Young show. I feel like this is a good little story. I did that When We Were Young show a second time, just a couple months ago, 
when I gave them because I had a video of me. I uh, I had a video of me on our local. I grew up in St. Joe's, Missouri. I grew a uh, local news station. I was the kid caster. They had every Friday for a while. They had a they had a kid come and do the weather with the weatherman. They were called nice. the kid caster. <laughs> and so I and this is they, a real station and everything. Like this that. is a real yeah, television yeah. station yeah, with pedophile with real producers <laughs> exactly with real producers and real cameras. Yeah, well, yeah, we can't say. <laughs> and so the guy uh, and so what they would do is they would have a drawing every every week of who the next kid a kid would draw a picture of weather i drew a tornado (laughs) and uh classic midwest and uh they would pull it out and they would go next week's kid caster is you know and so one week they pulled out my my picture that i drew and nick's everyone so i sent i gave zach a video of me being a kid caster and i was like this will be funny you know this will be good and then so zach showed that video at the last when we were young and i've been embarrassed three times in my life <laughs> two of them have been because of andrew cooksey and zach brooks i mean this I, that first time i showed that stand-up video i really mean i could not watch there the, the, you know they had the video i was i was turning i was my head was down i was looking at the wall i could not look and i could not let people see my face it was it's it's to this day it is brutal for me to watch i cannot <laughs> I, it. I cannot look at it can and then, you send us the video uh yeah i'll let you guys see it really? uh, I, I bitched out can we cut it into this podcast <laughs> yeah no i uh the audio is really not as bad we'll figure yeah <laughs> it's audio, really bad. audio might be worse uh, <laughs> but so then the second time is when i did the second when we were young show and so they had showed the kid caster video and i thought we were done i thought the show was done and then zach pulled up so my mom so side note i'm so bad at telling stories because <laughs> no, i just add in it's like my a tarantino mom, exactly <laughs> so the side note is my mom is uh she loves me i guess and uh she loves she loves you guess. if you give if you if, if you give her a project to do she will overwork for it she loves she you know she was a big scrapbooker for a while and she yeah. would do scrapbooks that nobody would look at but she loved doing them type of situation and so when zach sent out the first time i did the show which was over a year ago the first time i did the one we were young show zach sends out a message an email to all these parents saying hey you know we're doing the show called we were when, we were, when we were young we need you to send some pictures uh and some maybe schoolwork everybody sent and zach tells the audience and then reveals to me that my mom sent most parents would send 15 to 20 maybe you know photos my mom sent 102 files <laughs> <laughs> of pictures and schoolwork that i filled and the ones that Zach pulled up that I did not see coming. I didn't, I forgot all about these. I did not see them coming. He pulls them up on for the projector like for I, everybody. Can I guess? See. Is it, go na- ahead, is it go ahead. naked baby photos? N- no, I wouldn't be embarrassed by that. Okay. It was worksheets I filled out as a 10 year old saying <laughs> how I wanted to be a famous stand up comedian. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get and, that. And so <laughs> there, were, there would be like a worksheet that says, like, uh, you would have to finish the sentence, and there would be a worksheet that said, like, uh, you know, when I grow up, I want to be, and then I would finish with a famous stand-up comedian yeah you had uh, to add famous in there too that was important. i added famous <laughs> as a 10 year old uh the second thing was like 
the thing was like uh, the the thing I want most in my life is, and then I finished with for people to notice me. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and well, then there was <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> well, that's that's the sad part of it is there was a slight amount of truth in all of yeah. it. <laughs> And then there was another. You were more self-aware as a child, like that. We can't admit that, but that is yeah, exactly that actually, all of actually us. vulnerable and honest. Uh, <laughs> oh, who, and it, it who was, were the comics that you knew you wanted to be a stand-up I, I was, at ten? Who, yeah, ask. who were the comics that you knew? So I, when I first started watching stand-up comedy, I started watching. Uh, the, the thing that got me into it was the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Yeah, okay. I had sure. saw, I had saw the. I actually, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how I was even allowed into this show. I was seven years old, and they went to. I so St. Joe's like an hour north of Kansas City, and they went to Kansas City, and for some reason, I was brought along to this. They were it was this big like amphitheater show, uh, and there was a Blue Collar Comedy Tour, and I was and I remember sitting in the audience as a kid. I was seven years old watching stand up, and I remember the guy that actually made me laugh the hardest as a little kid was uh, Bill Engvall. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, was a good stand up. And uh, so then. After that, every so then after that, that Christmas, my my uh, family got me Bill Engvall al- album. Bill Engvall and Jeff Fox were the albums, and Blue Collar Comedy Tour albums. That's awesome. And then through that, I just started listening to. I would always so after that, I always watched uh, every Friday night. I would watch Comedy Central presents. Uh, got really you know got really into. It. I remember the the guy that really like uh, the first person where I had ever seen somebody took me so long to finally discover this but like first person where i'd actually watch somebody like do something different that i was really into because i'd first started watching you know guys like bill Engvall or whatnot and i they, like and they I do like, a more typical they kind do of stand up exactly yeah. very talking and kind like of anecdotal. you know uh, long form a little bit stories with jokes yeah exactly and then the first person that like i ever saw that was different that i was like oh my god this is i didn't i never thought this was an idea that i actually paid attention to because so often i'd see people who did something weird and i'm like fuck that and yeah I just not into it yeah. i would yeah i would change things it was Dimitri Martin. He was the first person mm. that I watched where I was like, this is... It's out of the this box, is for out sure. out of the box and fat, and I'm really into this. And that was... Uh, yeah, so I remember that was the first person that I was really into. And then, uh, then I kind of stopped watching for a while, and I was... Isn't, isn't that weird, though? There's just, like, thousands of people like us, but growing up like that, like, yeah. 9, 10, 11, at home, yeah. watching stand-up and just waiting to kind of be that thing. I didn't I didn't know? listen to music for years. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I've, I've always loved music, but, like, I follow stand-up and have for a while the way that other people follow, right. like, like nerd out about bands or whatever. That's yeah. how I was with stand-up. Yeah. yeah I totally I, get that. Yeah, that's, uh, that, exactly. That was my kind of obsession. I would always, I would always, I mean, he's pretty much dead to me now, but I was, I was obsessed <laughs> with Cosby. Sure. I was obsessed. <laughs> yeah. I was what obsessed is it, what is it about Cosby, Cosby that, that lost you? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so who were, uh, if you had to n- name a few people that you're into who are working today, who were kind of some tops for you? Uh, I will. I will. No matter what, watch Mike Biglia anytime. I love. I love stories, and I love his approach to storytelling. And uh, I think it's just. Uh, I just think it's the. It's the best and the most unique way. Well, I think uh, I can see some Birbiglia in you oh, sometimes yeah. on stage. You, yeah, yeah. I uh, I've been ripping that guy off. <laughs> I, I I I don't do it as much anymore. But when I first started, the uh, I would say I know. 
know all the time. <laughs> I would say that all that, that's the time. That's what's great is that once you get to a point on stage where you're being yourself, even when you're like ripping these people off, you're doing it so much in your own way. It doesn't it doesn't really register as like them. I had I had I would have to I've listened to you a lot just because you know we're all always out doing mics and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and that's how I can hear that there's Mike Birbiglia, but I don't think most people would hear it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure they could. They, you uh, think yeah. So? Uh, I mean, if they watch Mike Birbiglia as much as I do, they yeah. probably could. It, ta- it takes me a while. Like, uh, it takes yeah. me a while to see anybody in anybody, honestly. Yeah, I'm curious because I hadn't thought that before, but now when I watch you, I'll have my Mike Birbiglia radar on. I don't uh, do it as much. It's, I, it's I, in I've his gotten, soft moments. I've gotcha. gotten much. I got. I used to be. It used to be really bad. I've gotten much better about not doing it. it yeah. I, it's. It's even. It's. It probably before Austin was when I would like really overdo it. Speaking of which, so did you start going to open mics in Missouri? Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. So we go all the way back to the beginning. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. So I did that competition, and then I started going to the, the second open mic I did was like a. Uh, it was like a, it was like an hour and a half away from where I went to college. It was like in Osage Beach, Missouri off of the lake is of the that Ozarks. the closest that there weren't any in springfield no there were some in springfield i had just found out about this one and i wanted okay. to go try and that one i did 10 minutes and uh, <laughs> uh it was uh, just 10 minutes well, how much of an audience mic. was there well there was an audience there to watch the green bay packers play the atlanta yeah. falcons was <laughs> oh, this that the super bowl of no and, and honestly uh nick is as close as you're gonna get comedy wise to that experience <laughs> yeah. exactly it was uh it was pretty bad but uh again another person kind of came up it i did not go well but another person kind of came up to me and i was like oh you're pretty funny and uh and so then, yeah, there were there were only like three open. When I first started, there were only like three open mics you could do a month. Mm-hmm. A month, excuse me, holy shit! In Springfield, yeah. So I would go, uh, I would go to uh, the Skinny Improv, which was an open mic I started doing, and then I later hosted for a while, and then Laughing Stock with Murr, and then. There was always a random one. Okay. That, that's all. there was. There would just be a random one sooner or later. So. So, so how long were you in Springfield doing those three mics? And uh, I mean, I started when I was like a freshman in college. But so really, I've, technically, I've been. Do- I always actually shave off a couple of years because technically, I've been doing it since I was nineteen. But uh, I don't. But those three, those three a month, I don't really count. Yeah, that much. No, I don't think you should. Uh, so, but yeah, I was I was doing it pretty much all of college. For so for the next couple of years. Yeah, for three four years. Yeah, just I would go out uh, when the open mics happened. I would go out, and then through that, I started doing improv. Uh, and uh, that was that was like I needed my fix. The big thing when I was in college was like. Because when I started stand up, I was like, okay, this is great. But then you could only get up three times a month. Like this, this isn't enough. Like once I got, once I started doing it, I was like, I need my fix. So then the, the skinny improv, they had like improv classes. So I was taking an improv class and I just kept, I was like, I have to do something. Like I wanted, uh, my whole goal, my whole goal in stand up has all, or and just in comedy in general, has always been that I want to work on the days that everybody else has days off. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, days off in what respect? Is that Saturdays, like Friday night, Saturday night. So yeah, Friday night, Saturday. Night. I want to work those days. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah it makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so so for a few years, as you're ending college, you're doing all the stuff you can, mics and improv. And then, did you move to Austin next? I moved. Yeah, as soon as I graduated, I stayed a month uh, in my hometown, St. John, Missouri. Didn't do any stand up for a whole month, mm. and then I moved down to uh, Austin. And and uh, why why Austin? Yeah. I had well, honestly when I had first started I had came across a, an an article on Splitsider about like the Austin comedy scene. And this is in 2014. It was when I came across that article it was 2000. I moved here in 2014. When I came across the article I want to think it was and it's 2012. 17 now? It is. Yeah. Yeah, I think when I came across that article, it was 2012, and I was like, oh, Yeah, because that is about when things were starting to really change here. Yeah. Oh, and that's also when all the, it uh, feels like, uh, away from comedy, it was just like every article mm-hmm. uh, was like, top 10 cities. Austin, uh, Austin, 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 Austin. In case you haven't yeah. noticed, Austin. Yeah, yeah it, it really was. It was a motivation to that, because when I first started, my girlfriend at the time, uh, you know, we thought marriage was a possibility, and... Uh, <laughs> We, and I remember she had said, I had heard offhand somebody mentioned like, oh, Austin's a pretty cool city where comedy's happening. I was like, oh, that's cool. And uh, then I had mentioned that to her and she was like, oh, well, I hear Austin's, you know, like you said, like a big uh, up and coming city. And then a couple years later, I had, uh, I had read that article about like the, the, a guide to the Austin comedy scene on Split Cider. And uh, I just, yeah, I just kind of got into reading that. And then, uh. And then uh, the other motivation was I had a friend who I was doing comedy with in Springfield. He moved to Chicago and he and his friend, uh, they moved to Chicago. Why not Chicago, by the way? Because that's uh, well, more of a Midwestern. That's thing. what I'm about to explain. Okay, sure, yeah, go. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, they had moved to Chicago and my thought was... But why was, not Chicago? Okay, okay sorry. <laughs> so I thought, oh, maybe I should go to Chicago. And then my big thought was uh, I had just graduated school and I was like, uh, I would rat. I was like, I could move to Chicago and spend way too much time hanging out with, uh, his name's Tyler, Tyler, like I would just, I would just try to hang out with Tyler too much. Or I could go to Austin where I know nobody and force myself to, Tight. and so basically my motivation was go somewhere where I know nobody and force yourself to, uh. Uh, bloom and meet, meet people too even away from yeah. working hard like that's a it's like when you go it's a great way play a great way to meet people when you go on a trip is to go by yourself yeah because if you go with like yeah. other people you kind of just talk to each other yeah well and the other thing was and i've had this you you've had like have you guys had like friends who do stand up come into austin not yet no uh well like uh i remember i visited tyler during december of uh, 2013 before I was graduating school I visited him in Chicago and I remember even at that time I could feel like I was the stink that was hanging mm-hmm. not saying not I don't mean that and like I, oh, I hated myself but I, I could definitely feel that like oh he's kind of created somewhat of a rapport with other people and him, and you know he's yeah. made friends and whatnot and now he kind of has to uh, not saying he felt like he had to but yeah, now yeah. he kind of has to make sure that I'm doing okay and yeah. you know having a good time and that was just for four days and i remember th- <laughs> i remember just during that four days i was like 
who knows how long it would be because I might feel I, I might feel like oh I don't know anybody well at least I know Tyler and I have to hang out with him yeah. so then I was like well at least I can just be alone and like yeah. I won't be annoying anybody else if I moved to Austin that was another big thing I was like I won't be like I won't be making anyone else feel guilty that like oh man I gotta make sure Nick's doing okay and uh, you know I can be sad by myself yeah like, no, I don't, that makes sense and, and honestly it's probably better for you anyway because like nobody thinks of you as in the shadow of yeah, someone else exactly and I because I yeah, think no, that, that was part of the thought too yeah yeah because I think that can be I mean there's a, anytime you try to get helped by someone above you especially if you try to do like a Marin to Kennison thing or whatever where you try to get into like somebody else's crew I think that's a I, this is sheerly theoretical but I think there is this problem it's like okay even if they help me get stuff now am I going to be yeah. like not myself as People a comic but one of their is, crew yeah. or something like that yeah you know? well and the other thing is like uh, who know you know I mean who knows what the past would have been who knows what would have happened mm-hmm. back then but the other thing is like kind of going along with that uh who knows i probably the best thing for me was to move where i knew nobody because uh if i wouldn't have i probably wouldn't have developed more of my own personality for all i know uh you know maybe hanging around tyler would have made me feel like oh i have to do more of the style tyler uh does and that's uh you know, I love. That. I'm, you know, I'm working with that guy later in a couple months. But like, oh, that would be horrible for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, no, be you. I'm exactly. I'm nothing like him. Yeah. Uh, you know. So when you got to Austin, um, how how was that transition for you? How did you feel welcomed here? Did you quickly start getting better? How I uh, ooh, ooh, and if you could give people advice on moving to new right. scenes as well. Moving to new scenes. I uh, I would say when I first moved here. Uh, rightfully so i was probably found as annoying <laughs> uh and good thing that wore off it's <laughs> <laughs> funny uh good one now get out and, uh, yeah i would say i was probably found as a little annoying uh and uh when i first moved it probably it took me i'm really just trying to think about this uh it took me a good Maybe even... Some, I'm very jealous of people. I'll make like a sign. Like, I'm, I've, I've always been so jealous of like Andrew Dismuse because I've always found that like, oh, he is so great at... Uh, or he was so very lucky to like discover himself pretty quickly, actually. Sure. And he's still changing. And I, uh, that by no means... That by no means means that he thinks... Uh, he has his attitude and that's it from now he's still he still knows he's growing and changing sure but I was very jealous that like even kind of early on uh, he was able to kind of discover it pretty quickly uh, and and hone into it and uh, it probably took me in Austin a good a good year to slightly find out like who I am as a uh, who I am as a comic, and I would still argue that uh, I haven't even fully found that uh, sure. uh, that attitude. I was just listening to something the other day where it's like, there's so oh, it was, they were talking about characters. They were talking about um, it was Andy Daly and Daniel Van Kirk, and they were talking about like how it's so important if you're really going to do a character, the most important thing uh, is to find that attitude of that character because if you find that if you figure out that attitude, you can really go anywhere. Uh, with that character yeah because their example was Andy Daly uh, has this uh, character called Don Dom DeMello who uh, he's like um, 
the manager, like, right, or something. It's like a yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, it's like a creepy manager who's trying to hire pe- hire people for the Rockettes. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and it's always like get yeah. the girls. Like, yeah. Uh, but they had mentioned like, yeah, if you find that guy's attitude and how he's kind of a creepy person, you can go anywhere. And I would say, even now, I I don't think I could. I don't think me as a uh, as a as a stand up could probably go anywhere because I still wouldn't. I still wouldn't think I've found a um, attitude, but I got closer. I would say it took me took me six months for people to uh, somewhat appreciate me. Yeah, and then it's taken me a year to. It took me a year to a year and a half to really discover uh, a better stage persona that people appreciated even more. Sure. And what, what was the difference in, in the way you remember it between, especially in terms of like persona, what were you not doing before and that you, you found yourself doing? When I, when I first moved here, I just noticed, I remember the big thing was like, I just noticed I didn't really have, even if I had jokes, I just didn't really have like interesting, one, I didn't have good joke structure. And I argue I still don't have that. But uh, I really didn't have good joke structure. And I just didn't know... How to, I really could not figure out how to structure a joke properly. And uh, and then after a year, I kind of started figuring out a little bit better how to structure a joke properly. And, uh, and I also started to figure out, you know, me on stage when... And I really, the big thing was finding out what I liked the most. And the thing I personally like the most, I'm not saying I do it well, but is I like going fast. I love... I love uh, I love to see I love to have a subject and how many jokes how many jokes can I pack into that subject yeah and how quickly can I do them uh, yeah and sometimes I rush things but uh, that's like that's my favorite thing to do is to find out just how Hit many em. how Hit many s- how many little laughs that shouldn't even be laughs like can I get I want I uh, I almost there's that episode of the Twilight Zone where there's a comedian who. Uh, who's trying to get people to laugh and then he gets like a wish granted or whatnot and then everybody laughs at anything he says. Yeah. I want that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> the, even though the lesson of that is bad. That right. be bad, yeah. I, yeah, I'm like, like no, 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 no. I want that kind of. My, Michael Priest said something the other day that has weirdly like, not haunted me because that's negative, but like, he Stuck just said you. this out of, yeah, I've just been lurking in my psyche. He, he was talking about like this idea of like, but kind of just out of nowhere of a genie if, or if the devil was like hey I'll just give you all your comedy dreams he was like mm. he was like no nah, I, th- I think I'll just do the work because we were talking yeah. about work generally and I think that's there's just some, yeah I, I if I could actually just well my dream is comic. that eventually it works yeah, like yeah. I want to go through yeah. the whole process but that it eventually Absol- absolutely right yeah well, so grant so me that much, one but. well and I do think there's so much you know um, uh, I think there's so much to like uh, it's yeah, if people know you, they st- like my favorite quote about comedy is Colin Quinn saying comedy is the closest thing to justice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this example is like Jack Nicholson, who everybody loves, could go on stage and if he's not being funny after five minutes, yeah. they're going to be like, get off. Yeah, and I agree with that. But that being said, I do think sometimes they give. Uh, when people do know you, if you know how to be funny, they'll give you more leniency. Sure. Uh, sometimes. And letting you be funny when really sometimes really not that funny, uh, but on like little things, you know. Uh, but it's also just because they know who you are. When you're telling a friend, when you're telling a story to a friend uh, who you know really well, and you put like a little aside, uh, but they know you so well that they know that they start to chuckle. 
uh, you know, that's going to be different than if you're telling someone who you don't really know that well, who, who might not even like you, by the way, and you do that little <laughs> aside, yeah. and they're just like, just go on with the yeah. story, buddy. The, yeah. Theoretic, or this is like, I, I think that's why the funny guy in the group often can't do it. Because so can't much do of comedy. can't do comedy because so much of the so much early on it takes so long to figure out yeah. how do I get them to know me. He has to unlearn yeah. that he thinks that he can just tell a story the way he tells it to his friends Absolutely. who don't. Whereas an audience doesn't have all the information about him. Yeah, or you, his got, you have to, and you have to do it so quickly too because it's yeah. also it's not like so funny guy can also go to a new group of friends and he's got like 10, 15 minutes to just getting to know each other yeah. where he can. But you have to do it on stage in like maybe two minutes, right? And I think yeah. if that, uh, yeah. So I think that's yeah. um, so. So when you started moving to Austin, how uh, I don't how many open mics were you going to a week? Oh God, man! When I first moved here, I was doing ten, eleven a week. Because you were, yeah. I mean, you were like, I "Hey, out, here's man. a bunch of open mics. I'm going to start going to I, as many yeah, as I can." I was. Uh, that was the smartest thing. That is one thing. If someone ever asked me, like, "Hey," which they shouldn't, but if they ever asked me, like, "Hey, do you have any advice?" I say, like, "Man, make yourself tired the next morning and just go out." <laughs> that's to, like it's. Don't don't worry about making friends. Uh, it took me a long time to probably make friends here. Who, and like I said, people probably found me annoying, and they probably didn't like me when I first moved here. But my my goal more was to like go out and do comedy. Yeah, that's and, that midwestern shit. Who was it's, it? Wait, you know I mean? hold, well, oh, go, go ahead. But no, I you go ahead. Start, well, I was gonna say because like Michael Good's the same way, and maybe I'm like it's confirmation bias, but I also think yeah, I mean like there's a certain gent class of people in Austin comedy who do not share the you should work really hard mm. vibe do not have that as an ethos yeah but even then I bet they work really hard and also it also I'll even argue this it just depends on who you are on, it depends on who you are you know if uh, I love doing stand up and I wanted to get and I still want to get better at stand up but I wanted really hard to get better at stand up and uh to be able i wanted someone to to go uh to go when i first moved here like god we have to book this guy and that didn't happen but i really wanted for someone to say that when i first moved here like god man we gotta who is i wanted people to watch me out and, yeah i really did i wanted people at uh you know good people to watch me on an open mic and go who is this guy and then and then you know later find me on facebook or whatnot and put me on their show and uh you know i didn't have that uh and i could easily argue i still don't have that in a way you know to a a, a different level but that's always been like a big thing and uh i was like i want to get better at stand-up so if i'm going to get better at stand-up just keep keep doing stand-up keep doing stand-up uh because really you know i still get uncomfortable on stage but who knows how uncomfortable i would be if i wouldn't have gone up all the time when i first yeah moved here. well yeah. that's what they say in Agreed. your in your first few years you're really just getting comfortable on stage i mean of course you're working on jokes and you know some of your jokes might last but you're just the first thing is getting comfortable on stage so whatever else happens yeah. you know just that stage time is essential at that point so well i, I was just want to say and also a big thing for me this could be someone if someone ever had this like a big thing for me is uh even now like i'll write stuff i i need i don't go out as often as i used to but i still try to go out off a little bit more and uh, i need an audience to figure to discover a beat of something yeah. i just uh i just personally i can't 
I don't have a good enough mind to be for sure when I write something. Yes, that's going to get a laugh. And so I need, if it's a bad audience, I don't care. I, like, I need to say it in front of people and hear how they react to it. And, everyone, you know, I've gotten better at, like, pitching stuff to people. But even then, uh, like I said, like, when somebody knows you, that person knows me, so they might know me better and know what I'm going for. Yeah. yeah. The best thing I ever hear is when somebody goes, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, right. If I pitch something to somebody. Right, yeah. Because that means, oh, like, I'm not I gotta explaining do it correctly. Yeah. yeah. And even if it's not uh, an audience that can give you feedback because it's too small or they're not paying attention or it's only comics or whatever, I'm, I'm with you that it's still, I need to do it in front of an audience anyway. Yeah. It's sometimes it's just about being in the context of having people look at you and judge what you're doing <laughs> and writing and and trying stuff in that moment that I think is yeah. beneficial. And if I don't say it wrong on stage, uh, that or I need to say it wrong on stage so the next time I can say it right on stage. Yeah, I, I think that. Helps I, I think just to hammer at that point, I could do I could say it by myself in my room a thousand times, it and it wouldn't matter because it, I would still ha if I do it on stage the first time. That's almost like the first time I said it. it yeah, yeah. That's I, yeah. I need to hear how it sounds when I'm presenting it to people on stage. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so how many times a week do you go out? And how many nights a week do you go out now? Hmm. It, uh, it's narrowed down a little bit. I would say I still... At least four. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, um, it just depends on... I, I've gotten a lot better now at like uh, just deciding like if I'm going to work hard. Kind of like at the beginning of each week, I'm going to decide like, all right, am I going to go... Am I going to go hard on working on stuff or am I going to take it a little bit easier? Yeah. So uh, if I decide I'm going to go hard on working on stuff, then I might try to go out five, six nights a week. But you four know, is kind of the four is an average. Minimum. Yeah. And the, your yeah, job. Sometimes your yeah. job also. Is, I'm the same way. Is I mean, that's the thing. I think four is the minimum. And then, yeah, depending on bookings and stuff, sometimes it has to be five or six. Yeah. And I, you, you know, did. I did. Uh, I did that. The night I did the When We Were Young show, I did three sets that night. It was on a Friday night. I just remember I just had to drive from one place mm -hmm. to another and another. And I was like, God, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. What hustle. a uh -huh. rush. I got that going It's the tomorrow. best <laughs> run. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, awesome. Yeah. It's the best rush. And uh, it, it's times like that. I'm like, man, I would... I, I need to go somewhere where I can do this more because I remember that night that rush of just oh well, yeah well to to the point having to be on the move is the best mm -hmm. part is the best thing and to the mm -hmm. point where I don't understand why more people don't do it because you can do it every Wednesday right now uh, you can do it a lot of, I mean there's a lot you know what I'm saying it's not like I don't understand why more people don't do that well different people have different so uh, in terms of your mic to <laughs> okay. show we should I want to talk about that actually okay but in, it, we can get to his biography who gives a shit about Nick I Listen just wanted here. to finish no, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're right. in terms of your mic to show ratio at this point what would you say is uh, kind of like how, how a typical week might look or an average week go um what do you mean by that? Uh, not a ratio, really, but just like so. Would you say you you do X number of mics a week versus and versus you well, know could be one to five shows or whatever? It's kind of changed a little bit since I started co-hosting live at Cold Town because uh, that that's kind of like a guaranteed set I have every uh, every week every every week. So that's one thing where it's like, all right, well. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you're gonna do that, and then, um, I try to always do cherry wood. I like cherry wood, so I always try to do Tuesday cherry wood. Um, 
and then you know and if i get the chance to do valve and you know, on thursdays and uh saturday the really my fourth day is the day where it's like well are you really doing something because my fourth day if i'm for sure doing a show or if i'm if it's my fourth night getting up uh i'm warming up chortle portal and that i just I just dick around on that. So it, some you could easily argue to somebody, oh, he's not really working on material because I'm really not. Yeah, I'm but it's still, to, you're still working on it. You, you never know. what. Uh, yeah, that's how you get good. At yeah, I that. think that's There's, valuable. Very that's valuable. my fa- And yeah, I always say it's my favorite thing to do every week. And then, right. uh, uh, or, yeah, it's the, I, when I, yeah, it's the happiest I am just like messing around yeah. on that Cause, stage. Because the opposite is definitely true, which is that there's there's a bunch of people who are probably saying to themselves like, oh, I get up and you know I, I do a little ad libbing and everything like that. But they're not really doing that. They're just yeah. doing their material over and over again, and they're never doing like being in the moment. But I, I wanted to say about this thing like. I know people have their their lives they have to live they have uh, needs they have relationships they have jobs and mm-hmm. stuff like that I, I get so tired though of the cliches of like why you don't have to work hard at comedy you hear this shit all the time there, okay so I'll give you an example there's people like, oh, you gotta live your life you gotta go off and live your life so you'll have something to write about and that's absolutely true if you're living your life I was thinking about this the other day because I know some people who say this and it's like living your life is not going and getting day drunk at fucking spider house <laughs> and then doing coke and then not you know that's the yeah. idea like oh I'm living my life it's like yeah go to the Grand Canyon uh, go on a date yeah. Li- yeah. Do live your life that way I mean but some like, people write jokes while they're drunk hanging out with their friends though I mean that's, I, that's I, true. I agree right. that like in general if you're doing too much of the same thing you're always just watching you know you're, you're you know mainlining some shows on Netflix so you're always just getting drunk like that's not really living your life yeah. try to mix up your experiences read a book have travel you know go on a date yeah but. yeah word um so let me skip around a little bit what are what would you say are your comedy goals i mean you you want this to be your career right right it's a famous stand-up comedian i, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like it <laughs> hey i want to oh, be a famous stand-up that, comedian oh, too God, <laughs> who, who doesn't it cuts deep though anytime you say it yeah well it doesn't I, feel good anytime i talk uh anytime i've told someone about that you know like what you said like i don't think i was talking to danny because he was there that night and he was like well it's so funny because that's exactly what everybody wants to do right. what they want to I want, and, uh, I want people to notice me. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. shit. <laughs> but the but it's still that uh, yeah that thought of admitting it is the most embarrassing part, and that there was a past me that admitted it is what's yeah. very embarrassing yeah. to me. And at ten years uh, old, you already yeah. At ten years, and the other thing I said is like, if I knew this at ten years old, why am I not a prodigy at twenty five? Dude, when I was when I was ten years old, I had a my fantasy was that I would be an androgynous rock star of some sort. But I didn't. When I'm rock star, I just remember yeah. I wanting to be on stage, right? And so like, I still want to be an androgynous rock star just as a comedian. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I was thinking for a second like, yeah, you're supposed to think you're you're supposed to want to be an astronaut or whatever. And now I'm like. No, I think wanting to be a famous stand-up comedian as a 10-year-old makes, you know, complete sense. Right. Well, that's a big thing. I think that, you know, uh, so often, like, people on, like, uh, on like fa- I see it on Facebook all the time where they're, like, always posting about, like, uh, I think a big reason why, like, people post, like, oh, I feel, like, people in their 20s always post, like, I feel so old all the time is, uh, is really because the 20s, it's not that you're old, it's just the age where you start to realize you're not a prodigy. Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. you aren't, like, a great... Yeah. 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 You aren't this great, magnificent. You can't be Justin Bieber. You're past right. the age of right. being the Justin Bieber fever. Yeah. Bieber yeah. fever. Yeah, yeah. Justin Bieber fever is much different. <laughs> you're, okay, you're not. It's not too <laughs> there late. There are several to have Tumblr 
others that explore that actually yeah. um <laughs> lesbian things uh, okay, so but but comedy goals. Sorry, if yeah. you had to, <laughs> yeah, like like, do you have a, an idea of your career in mind? Or are you kind of like, well, I want to go forward. The 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 anything. Not saying anything less than this is depressing. No, that's anything, a great. Let's do that. No, well, I do. I do want to say that because like the, this line that I have said. Anything less than this doesn't mean I'm not happy. Yeah. But anything more than this is is all gravy. House uh, money. Huh? House money. House money, exactly. To me, the 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 highest ceiling that I would love to get to, uh, like I said, anything less than this, I would still be probably actually the thing that would make me most happy is if I could just somehow if I could make a living just by driving city to city, and by living I mean breaking even. If I could break even driving city to city, doing stand up and making like entertaining people, making them happy that Friday and Saturday night, their days off, that would be uh, that would that would be great. But to me, my favorite ceiling to put on me is uh, is somebody somebody who every once in a while gets called in for a movie or a tv show to do a three to do one line uh to do one line for uh that that is the funniest line the weirdest slash funniest thing uh in the in the show that's a great uh, that's maybe not funniest but a very funny thing yeah like you get to come uh, in and do but you do that specifically you want to do a very short I love random thing random weird stuff I did that seems right for you actually this past uh, no go ahead go ahead well I was gonna say this yeah this past Saturday at Moon Tower the Sklar Brothers host the the ping pong tournament every year and I was the ring boy (laughs) did you see me seeing you do that by the way wait what you were there yeah yeah I didn't see you there no I almost like I almost thought you saw me and I like didn't want you to see me it was was really hard to kind of see people I could see the front row I didn't want you to be embarrassed by seeing me so Uh, I was like turning away good good I I loved doing that that was my favorite uh, you know when I got asked this do that i was like yeah this is this is my favorite no, you walked out and i was like of course someone asked Nick <laughs> to do this it was yeah it was the best thing like oh i have to one point you were eating a slider <laughs> pretty good sliders too they uh, were good i know they weren't like too overcooked anyway you, yeah you I, got typecasted in a good way in a sense because it's such a broad it's such a broad it's like if anybody needs anything sports related that's true too. or something like that yeah. it's like but that's great because you you're not doing sports comedy yeah i wasn't yeah. even thinking of the sports comedy. angle it was yeah. just like of course yeah. nick will look ridiculous and like have the <laughs> in nice clothes yeah. in nice lazy clothes yeah it was perfect i want to pitch them if if i got the opportunity to get next year i think it'd be really funny to pitch to them that ring boy tries ping pong mm-hmm. uh, but he uses the round thing yeah. as his paddle i just thought that would be really funny That's good. if i went up there because i'm not good at ping pong either so i would lose immediately yeah uh, by the way what i don't want i want to get you y'all's thoughts on this uh you believe in that not the secret i think that's kind of silly but the idea that you should make your goals very specific and like things like that because i was is that's that, a great is that example a of thing, it or is it i've never no, no, I'm, no, so, so there's an idea about the secret which is, is the idea of like willing things into existence by positive visualization and uh, it's i think it's silly white narcissistic rich people shit but but just that I do think maybe there's something to the idea of like just being sp- not like I want to be vaguely successful but like what you said you were like I have this idea of yeah. this is what success is for me this is what I'm going for yeah and was that intentional or did you just like you just thought of that uh, no I honestly kind of started I was uh, I, started, I was doing something for somebody it was 
I was doing a sketch for somebody or something, but it was it was that. Like my role was just come in, say something weird, you're done. And I was just like, ah, this is my favorite thing. Or actually, kind of, I actually the thing that really motivated that idea was um, working with Christina Parrish and her uh, little and her, her movie, her movie, Call Me Brother, because I love because I didn't really have that many lines, but I because uh, there's a bit there's a big chunk of the movie where I'm just like kind of mute. But I remember just trying to find reasons to do something ridiculous throughout the movie, (laughs) like during the film, uh, because I'm supposed to be like mute and depressed. But uh, I remember just pitching all the time like all right what if i fall right now (laughs) and i just loved that like i loved uh, i remember there was one take i kept doing we kept doing uh because andrew disney would have to carry me and we walk up to this door and uh i would uh and i would bump my head into the into the door every time uh just and i did it the first take as an improv and uh, i don't even know if it got noticed but after we kept i was like well i did it one take i'm gonna just keep it so then we had to do like six takes where i just nailed my head there was this oh. huge mark of my head on the, it was one of those clear window things but i remember it was just like little things like, like i love this i love doing i love doing something really ridiculous really small because i'm not really a big i'm not a big part of that movie i'm not you know i'm not a huge uh important role but uh i you know i love fun yeah if i can make a really fun yeah funny thing out of that if i could get the pressure's not on you for the whole thing you just get to come and be fun and everyone enjoys that yeah i yeah i love uh yeah I, i love the um i do definitely you know you were saying the funny guy i would argue maybe you know since growing up i've been the funny guy in the group and i love but i do personally love being like the the person that i love trying to be the person that makes everybody's have the most fun yeah uh and like that's all it's also being thought of that way that they think of you like human punch up like we let's have this guy come in to our project and do some funny lines yeah because that's going to help yeah that's thing. a great way to be thought of now we are kind of running out of time sorry no this no this is all my fault uh, yeah, well that is true but <laughs> no and some of it's shared as well um no I don't I think we're going to have to skip some of these questions I really do want to have you back on um, oh man because I want to I... talk, talk about a lot of these things but I think we have to kind of go to the wrap up questions now um, lightning wanna, round here we go yeah it's lightning round Jared I have I have one I've been like to ask lately which is that because uh, nobody likes to give advice to other people because it's like oh you can't say that it's it's their journey or whatever so if you could go back in time and tell yourself like, like you know whenever in comedy when it was two years ago mm-hmm. or what at the start uh, be like don't do this do that stop wasting your time don't think about this think of that anything like that advice you'd give to yourself some if years you could ago go back yeah um back, uh, what is it Bill and Ted style. Bill and Ted's. If I could my, let's see here. I would probably say to uh, to I would probably say but to when I first started out for sure. Just I would tell myself uh, learn how to structure something. Learn how to learn how to say something uh, so that people will understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like yeah, figure that out before you try to do other stuff so have like so pay attention to like joke structure yes not just this is funny not just trying to be a personality on stage is that kind of right yeah or even yeah just yeah yeah not don't try to be a personality don't try to be loud first learn how to just correctly structure something because your attitude and your persona is 
is discovered on the way. Yeah. Oh, so, that's good. That's and this good. isn't really a lightning round, but I do want to try to sneak it in if we can, because this is related. Um, how has your writing process changed then, especially in the light of knowing that you need to have a drug structure? Mm, uh, you know, a big thing, uh, I love listening to people who, I love listening to creative people who talk about, like, I love listening to directors uh, of movies and comics also, too. But uh, I love listening to how they approach, or even movie writers, too, how they approach writing a story and whatnot. And probably the best at advice that I had heard through a podcast, and it kind of changed how I write, or how to just write, was um, I heard John Mulaney once say, uh, writing is writing and not writing is not writing. Mm-hmm. Where it's, uh, uh, you know, if you write that means you've written something. Uh, and his example was the Cohen brothers had, uh, had, there was someone who was like an assistant to the Cohen brothers. And one time they just wrote one line in a mo- Like they were in a room for 12 hours. It was slow. It was boring. All they did was write one line for a movie. Uh, but that was one line that got them further. And so, uh, yeah, so that was a big thing. I would say now that, yeah, my big thing is, is, uh, yeah, just, if, if you don't do it, well, then you haven't done it. So you're talking about sitting down and writing? Sitting down and writing, or even like, uh, you know, I, I'm a big... I'm a big walker. Uh, yeah. You know, just go on walk and think about things. And, do you uh, take a pencil and paper with you or your phone or anything? Uh, I'm, I'm, I take a, I take a small little notepad and paper yeah. and who knows, maybe I won't even get anything done, yeah. but, uh, a lot of the time, you know, sometimes some, you do. Uh, yeah. I, I sometimes do. And a lot of the other thing is, uh, if I'm walking, a lot of times I'm just thinking of how to say stuff. Yeah. That, that helps a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So what are you tired of seeing with, at open mics? What, because I think a big demographic for our podcast is that is and this is maybe it's a good way to give some general advice you go to open mics you're tired of this what are you tired of oh boy mm, oh, I, juicy. I, gotta, I gotta think about this one uh, tired of god what is a joke I can think of that I've heard so often They're coming for me. <laughs> There's a siren in the background. They kick the door open. <laughs> Figure it out! Figure it out, Santorino! <laughs> what are you tired of? You, uh, you could pass for a cop. Uh, I do, boner police. Uh, <laughs> um, God damn. Uh, <sighs> so is it just... Your, but that's the first thing you think of is a particular kind of joke. My f- yeah, about. the first thing I think of is like I'm just tired of seeing the same type of joke over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, well, I think that's a good thing. But for, I can't think of a specific for cop, one. But yeah, in this way, we don't that. have to throw anybody, you know, on Front Street or whatever, like, whatever the phrase is. On Front this. Street? I don't know. <laughs> that's really that's great. The, I was going to say under the bus, and I was like, oh, yeah, but yeah, Front Street. Cause, that's, maybe that's better. Yeah, because, but it's like, okay, comics, pay attention at open mics. Uh, think about your jokes is that kind of the joke that that, uh, that three other people have already said maybe consider that it's not worth getting a small chuckle off of a joke that's already been told a bunch of times yeah well even like subjects sometimes too yeah. it's like oh my god you know uh i, I hear this one a lot i, I maybe maybe even a lot to exaggerate, but i've heard like so i've heard the the premise of a straight guy going to a gay club 
Hmm. All the time, I was like, God, oh, I already know where this is also, going. I get it. A, I get it. As a gay comic, I get a little annoyed when straight people find ways of like using figurative devices to get to tell gay jokes. Oh, yeah, you know, just, I agree with you. I, I have a straight fr- comic. Yeah. I agree with you. I have this friend of mine and he's gay. And you know what he said when he went to a gay yeah. bar? It's like, why don't you just stay in your fucking lane? It's fine yeah. if you could think of something really funny, but like, yeah, I could think make, of jokes make sure about it's black worth people. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And make sure it's, yeah. Um, and you want to ask your, Oh yeah, th- this one's easy, which is, and it sort of just parlays from what we were just talking about. What uh, if you could change anything about Austin comedy? No restrictions, magic wand. Could be everybody makes a million dollars, you know, whatever it is, or it could be more realistic. If I could change anything about Austin comedy. I would probably say, um, I would say there's more rooms and closer vicinities to each other. Mm. that's good uh i was in a couple a few weeks ago i was walking from someone like i said when i first started i was doing open mics all the time and uh, i remember it was a few weeks ago i did the velve open mic and i walked from the velve to uh banter with bogart which Mm. is uh, it's a it's three blocks three blocks down one block over or whatnot and i remember as i'm walking i just got this i got this throwback when i'd first moved here and uh and I would go, I would, I would go to the Valve, put myself, put my name on the standby list, and then I'd walk over to the New Movement, oh, yeah. do a set, and then I'd walk back over to the Valve to see if I got on the standby. And even though it was only two mics, like just the trips, I remember, I remember, I'd always be excited walking around and yeah. doing those trips. And then, and then when I did that walk a few weeks ago, it just reminded me of that, and I was like, I wish there were more mics. Uh, and shows on nights where I could just walk, walk to more places yeah, in this close service because it's uh, it's that same thing of like that three that three yeah. shows in a night just driving like it's such a rush it feels good and it's, it's exhilarating so, especially walking it's, when you can it's even exactly. better exactly and it's so nice to walk and I love the and I love the rush of having I love the rush of ha- of doing a set being done and having to go somewhere ne- have having to go somewhere next because you have to you have to go work next yeah. I like I like that the focus is your thoughts too on, on working the material too because yeah. you're like you do the set and now you got to get in your car and you've got to drive uh, you know not always across town but to the next place and the thing you're doing is okay what I'm going to do this basically yeah. the same set again so what do I need to not do that yeah. didn't work yeah. and, and that's versa. better that, places but not drive where you get to yeah. walk yeah. or yeah. be on yeah. public yeah. transportation yeah. because we have such shitty public transportation yeah. options just, here yeah. so, so to any comics who are thinking of starting mics or shows you know consider not only the timing but also the location and if you can I mean that that really is a great thing um, yeah that would sense. oh god that the you know, I see. I'm. I'll, I'll, I always remember seeing. Uh, even though it's a montage, so everything seems quicker. But I remember watching Seinfeld's comedian documentary, and there's just a there's a montage of him going place to place, mic to mic. And even though he's even though he's actually driving every place, like just that montage and his, that rush of going place to place, doing shows, like. That's that's what I like. I yeah. love constantly having to go somewhere. You, you feel to, like you're like living stuff. the life too. Yeah. I know it's cliche, but like when I do that, I'm like I'm a comedian. Yeah. It's yeah. That's that's the work. That's when it comes to work. That's my favorite type of work in stand up and that's comedy great. in general. All right. So for our last question, um, just so you know that this is the last one. Uh, what is your? I never would have guessed by that closing the notebook. <laughs> 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 um, for the listeners, this is you know. Uh, so what's 
he's trying to be a Foley artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's a favorite joke of yours? It doesn't have to be your favorite joke, but what's a favorite joke of yours right now? And do you remember how you wrote it or how it came to you? That sort of thing. Ooh, a favorite joke of mine that I've written? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I really like... Let, let's uh, just recognize that Nick thought the past tense was rooting. I, yeah, there was a combination <laughs> of a few thoughts that came out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I really... Um, let's see here. There's a bunch to decide from. I, spoiler alert, I, I like uh, Nick Severino's big fan of Nick Severino. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, you know, uh, probably there's one I'm upset. Uh, no, this is great. Go, well, I, I'm just trying to think of one. I won't go too much into either. Okay. Um, uh, I would say the one I'm really into, uh, right now that, uh, I, I had done for a while and then I forgot about it. And then I started doing it again is this one about my mom and how she hangs out with a bunch of people who smoke weed okay. uh, just I love uh, I love because it's kind of an easy premise where it just it's just a role reversal of uh, oh now she's she's like a teenager but my favorite thing about it was is the thing that inspired it was one time she was telling me that she was hanging out with her friend who offered her weed and my favorite thing was that she was in so much denial of how she did not smoke weed <laughs> that it sounded like she definitely smoked weed <laughs> right. and uh i just i just love the game i just love i love the game uh i love the game of like finding reasons to then because uh, there's a big setup on it where uh, she hangs out with hippies and uh and uh and so now that she hangs out with hippies, now I have this whole game of my mom hangs out with hippies. So whatever she does with her friends, I assume it's all an innuendo for smoking weed. Uh, it's uh, You know what's interesting about the way you tell that joke to me is that usually it's atypical in how how quickly you do it because usually uh, people don't trust that the writing is good enough for the audience uh, or it's like a a safeguard so you kind of do the premise and there's a pause and then you do the punchline but in that when you tell that joke you kind of run right through it because you're like uh, I wish I could do it better. I go, like, uh, perhaps Nick can. She, it's like uh, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't do, I didn't smoke, been, I, I didn't, oh, you know, I, it's that part. It's like I didn't, I didn't smoke it. I did, I don't want you to think I did. And you're like, kind of sounds like you did smoke that weed, mom. Yeah, that's but good. You do it on in that, like yeah. one line, and it's really, yeah, and it really works. Oh yeah, but it takes yeah. confidence to do that. Is what I'm saying. I, well, I, yeah, I basically just recreated the moment. But I love yeah. that. One. Yeah, I love a game. I love. Uh, this is probably a little bit from improv, improv team, but yeah, I love finding, uh, a, a, you know, and this is, you learn a lot through joke structure too, but just like finding a game and that, and then just over, oh, even if the lines don't work, you can, if you find a game, you can, when you're Keep writing, you can it. find new game. You know, there's another joke I love doing. So I've already ruined the show by doing two jokes, <laughs> but it's that same thing. Only um, for you. Thing. But it's that same thing of like, oh, I found a game. So like, there's that joke I have about uh, somebody about saying cocaine is not the legal age. Twenty four is not the legal age to do cocaine, and that the rest of that joke is just a game of what's an age and yeah. what's an illegal thing. But my big <laughs> my big thing was what's a ridiculous illegal thing that right. nobody would do. Right. Uh, and I just have yeah, a I list of joke. them in my phone. It, uh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna mention it because it also I'm quickly liking this 
the bad, like my favorite kind of joke Zach Brooks is like known for this is when it's a legitimate observation yeah. about the world it's not just I led the audience in one direction oh and then it's the other way the the idea that somebody would act as if it's weird yeah. that you haven't done this like that you, like you're allowed to That's yeah. A, yeah it's a great joke I, yeah, yeah I love the gang yeah I love lately it also just depends on your writing style of, of 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 recently, but yeah, lately I love finding the finding a game and just overdoing. Todd Berry's the best at it, I think. I think it's the it's the most fun way to write because once you realize that there's a game, I mean, then you get to really enjoy that writing because yeah. you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing and I can just keep finding yeah. them. Yeah, that's fun. And that's joke structure, too. Yeah, and yeah you, found, a, you found yeah. joke structure. It's jokes, and it's just the yeah, it's the most fun to think. Uh, yeah. Oh, you get to think of ridiculous. That's okay. that's that's what we're all doing this. We've for. petered out here. Thanks. Man. <laughs> great. You should have just said it with more confidence. That's that was great. Woohoo! What an episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said we well we because heard we record things when we yeah. So this is this is a fake enthusiasm. But I rem- if I man that episode. Holy, holy shit. shit! I'm sure that it was blew me away. Uh, you all learned a lot. That's uh, you, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome for this episode. If you want more of of uh, Nick Sav- Savarino, I was trying to say something savvy. Savar, who cares? His Twitter is uh, at Sav and um, which is very cute. But if that's not easy for you to uh, spell, that's S A V and some R I N O. So it's like his name, but minus the E anyway. Yeah, it's a mistake. Uh, y- yeah, he'll change it soon, I'm sure. This is probably a whim. It's like when those comics that start out at open mics don't have a last name. Yeah. Like, oh, Ooh. I'm Aaron. Like, yeah, you, you're okay. either, you're not going to be just Aaron in three months, you douchebag. To be fair, they probably it's probably best that we don't know their last names. Yeah. Uh, some of them. So, uh, so that's his Twitter. And, of course, I'm at Poop Tampon. And we've got uh, at Jared McCorkle. Also, also really should change that. Correct. It's um, uh, too good a name. I don't want to. Yeah. It doesn't need jokes. He's just a free, Someone's going to take Jared misspelled McCorkle. That's right. Um, one day if he, if he ever gives it up. So, let's see. If you're listening to this, today on Thursday, May 25th, then well, tomorrow night you can check out Nick Savarino. He's hosting the Live at Cold Town at 10 p.m. at Cold Town Theater, May 26th. On Tuesday, May 30th at 8 o'clock, I'll be doing uh, Karina Magyar's show, Ready, Set, Go Nuts at Gordo's. And of course, there's also the open mic after that at 10, but sign up is is at 8.30. And she's been very clear that uh, you have to be there in person to sign up. No uh, special favors or messaging anything. Yeah, she's borderline threatened the comedy community. Do not fuck with the sign up of this mic. So, um, yeah. So if you're interested in, you know, following those rules and eating some donuts and it's going to be great. Um, Hell yeah. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. And, and Jared doesn't have his phone with him, so he can't plug anything right That's now. That's true. But I'm sure he's, you know, if you want to, you know, uh, look, look it up on last gas or do five one two or Facebook or anything, I'm sure other exciting things are happening. Um, in my life. In, in, you know, in your life, in our lives, and in, in all the, I, I'm losing steam. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody. Bye. Suck it. International.